1: We are seeing a broad based rally in U.S. equity markets and here to talk with us about it. Patrick Palfrey, he is director of senior equity strategist at Credit Suisse. Um, so Patrick, I want to just get your sense on whether we're actually seeing fundamental strength in the earnings as we head into the final week of 3Q earnings season, or are we just seeing a, a very low bar that has been stepped over?
2: I mean, when we take a look at the third quarter earnings season, I think your point on a low bar that's been stepped over, I think that's a fair way of of putting it. I mean, in reality, the backdrop is still anemic, and it's likely to be anemic in the fourth quarter. And when I say anemic, we're talking about EPS growth that is somewhere between 1% to 2%. So once you strip out the benefits of buybacks, earnings are essentially flat. Now, there's some unique dynamics that are, are going on. And when you take a look at the median company, trends look a lot better. But but nevertheless, it, it, it is an anemic backdrop for, for growth.
0: So, Patrick, on the flip side, uh, sets up for maybe some decent growth numbers in 2020. Do you think the market's too optimistic about earnings growth in 2020?
2: Well, I think if you take a step back, I mean, analysts typically start out optimistic and and estimates historically fall. So if you ask me, do those expectations need to come down? The answer is yes. Do I think we are going to see anything other than what we typically see? The answer is no. And when I say that, we expect EPS growth to come in around 5%. So that's a significant improvement from the numbers that we saw in the current quarter and the numbers that we are likely to see again in the fourth quarter.
1: What do you make of the volatility that we've seen in the response in shares to earnings beats and conversely uh, to misses? Uh, The reaction has been more extreme this earnings season than than it has been historically. How do you interpret that?
2: Well, I I think investors have been looking for a way to get positive. And maybe, maybe let me take a step back here. You know, Uh, Several months ago, we turned uh, more cautious than we'd been in a while, and it was really around the deceleration in the industrial data and the fact that the yield curve was inverted. Over the past couple weeks, both of those appear to be dissipating. So we have a yield curve that is much healthier than we had historically, and the industrial data appears to be bottoming. So what we are seeing this earning season is really a confirmation that the trends aren't that bad, and that's why we're seeing the positive response to results, uh, more positive response to results than we typically see.
0: All right. So Patrick, if I'm in the equity markets, am I just in the defensive stocks, utilities, REITs, consumer staples, or can I afford to maybe take some more risk with some cyclicals or even some growth stocks?
2: Well, we, we think now is the time to make that sort of pro-cyclical shift. So if you have been in the market, it's likely that you probably were in those more defensive sectors. And that has been the leadership really up until about the past three to four weeks. But with, and, and I had mentioned this earlier, with the beginning of the bottoming in the data and the fact that the yield curve is uninverted, we believe now is the time for investors to make that pro-cyclical shift in their portfolios and uh, in, in, in away from those more growth in defensive sectors.
1: I'm trying to understand what's changed for people to be trying to get positive. I mean, other than just a lot of negativity for a really long time and everyone's just kind of sick of it at this point. So what has changed?
2: yeah. So I, I think in, in reality, we're beginning to get through, I think, the most difficult part of the data. We haven't officially bottomed yet in the U.S. in terms of industrial activity. That's likely going to be in the, around the end of the fourth quarter. So as we move into 2019, the pace of industrial activity is set to improve. And I think investors want to get ahead of that. And that's why I think that pro-cyclical move uh, in, in, in terms of shifting portfolios, is the right move. Uh, it, it, by the time you see that balance in the data, it will likely be too late. So it's one of those uh, environments where if it's there on the horizon and, and we start to see the green uh, shoots that we are seeing, now is the time to get into it.
0: So Patrick, part of the support for equity markets over the last uh, certainly couple of weeks has been an expectation that some type of trade deal will get done, people calling it a phase one type of deal. But as we know, that can just turn on a dime or a tweet. What happens if, you know, we don't get a trade deal and both sides and say, "Let's kick it down the road till after the election"?
2: I, I think if we uh, get to a point in the discussion where the trade deal looks like it's getting further and further away from being reached, it will likely cause a spike in volatility, and we will likely see stocks sell off broadly. Now, what's interesting is over the past uh, several months those in those situations haven 't been nearly as severe as what we were experiencing uh, even twelve to eighteen months ago, and I think part of the discussion is the deal is is somewhere in the future. Uh, if it's if it's not this meeting, it's next meeting, the, the shape and, and the size of the deal continues to shift. But I, I think we are getting more and more likely that something will be reached in some kind of form. And, and I think investors are taking comfort in that.
1: I'm wondering, uh, when it comes to bonds, they are selling off in tandem with this risk on feeling. At what point will they sell off too much and will yields rise so much that it'll provide sort of a, a negative headwind for uh, for stocks?
2: Well, historically, throughout this recovery, that threshold has been around three and a half percent on the U.S. ten-year. So, right now, what we are seeing is as interest rates rise, it's a signal that the. Backdrop for risk assets is improving. So I think we have a uh, fair amount of distance to go before we have a headwind from, let's say, uh, a valuation call or, or some other uh, relative opportunity improvement. Uh, we, we still have a, a fair way to go before we get there.
0: Any sectors, Patrick, you're just staying away from right here, given that you're getting a little bit more cyclical?
2: I mean, we want to continue to de-emphasize those defensive sectors, the, the REITs, the utilities, uh, telecom, and, and also uh, certain, certain portions of stables. That, that's areas where you are not likely to participate uh, in the rally that's likely going to happen here.
0: Patrick Pelfrey, thank you so much for joining us. Patrick is a U.S. equity strategist for Credit Suisse, uh, giving a sense that the Credit Suisse is turning a little bit more, I guess, aggressive, a little bit more cyclical away from some of those defensive names, which have been such good performers this year, some of the best performers that we've seen. Investors are, certainly have a risk-on feel to today. We have the S&P up uh, 14 points. Investors are stepping back and are saying, when I look at the economy, I see a weak manufacturing sector, a weaker business investment sector, but that 70% of the economy, which is the consumer, continues to power on. To get a sense of where we go from here, we welcome Chris Rupke, MUFG, Union Bank Chief Financial Economist. Chris, thanks so much for joining us. Is it all just about the consumer right here?
3: Well, the consumer is doing pretty well. Some of the sentiment numbers are bouncing around, but there's no worries. Consumer sees uh, no recession. Uh, it's, and it's not just the consumer, remember, it's also uh, new consumer consumers being created. And with that uh, strong jobs report we got Friday, you know, we know basically there's about 223,000 more people with paychecks in the U.S., so Uh, That's good. Yeah, there's no recession, certainly. The only recession talk gets going uh, if the trade war escalates. So at the moment, it looks like uh, the U.S. and China are getting ready to at least sign phase one. I mean, a lot of people have doubts about what is in phase one, how important that is. Phase two and three are going to be much more difficult. But, you know, at least we're moving ahead and there's no bad headlines out there for stocks and bond markets today
1: today. I love that he added today, today, right? (laughs) We'll see about tomorrow. But today, we're holding in just fine. Chris, I want to talk a little bit about uh, something that UBS analysts have called a two-tier economy when it comes to the consumer. You have, on one hand, uh, upper uh, income and medium income individuals in the United States doing pretty well or very well. And then you have the lower income uh, where you're seeing delinquencies picking up, defaults picking up on consumer loans. And I'm wondering how big of a concern that is for you.
3: Yeah, it, it, it isn't right now. I mean, I'm, you know, always tried to be a macro economist. I don't get into uh, issues like income inequality. Uh, I did notice that, uh, you know, wages are doing okay. If you look at, uh, non-supervisory worker wages in the report we got Friday, they're running three and a half percent year over year, which, you know, it's better than a, Poke in the eye with a sharp stick. And the average hourly earnings that includes bosses, of course, that's only running 3%. So they're getting a little bit more factory workers, 3.5% versus 3%. But uh, you're right. I mean, but most of those issues, the income inequality issues, uh, so called, I don't think they're ever enough to really drag us down into a recession on their own. So,
0: Chris, if we're not heading into recession imminently, um, you know, one of the concerns is, you know, I guess just this trade issue, it appears that a phase one type of trade negotiation and agreement could be in the offing. Is that pretty much what you think the market's discounting now? And is there an area of risk as it relates to this trade?
3: Well, I, I'm a little bit concerned that uh, what's happening with the December 15th tariffs. Um, you know it was scheduled to go to fifteen percent tariffs on China imports of the final one hundred and sixty billion of goods, key goods like uh, video game consoles and cell phones and laptop computers and certain shoes and clothing uh that would be big I mean if the u s uh suspends that tariff i don 't know if they 're going to agree to that as whatever they 're going to sign in the the days and weeks uh, to come.
1: Chris Rupke, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, it's important to get your insights on a day when things do look a lot rosier, at least from the headline perspective and market action.
0: Thanks for listening to the Bloomberg PL podcast. You can subscribe and listen to interviews at Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast platform you prefer. I'm Paul Sweeney. I'm on Twitter at P.T. Sweeney.
1: I'm Lisa Abramowitz. I'm on Twitter at Lisa Abramowitz One. Before the podcast, you can always catch us worldwide on Bloomberg Radio.